0: If you have your Bible this morning or your Bible app on your phone, earlier this morning we read the, uh, we read the uh, read quite a few verses, if you will. We're just going to focus in on Psalm 139, and I'll give you a moment or two to um, get there, if you will. And the reason I, I ask that you know, if you have your Bible, if you um, have your app or whatever, I want you to read what I'm seeing. I don't want you to ever think that I'm making this stuff up. Does that make sense to you? Because see, if you got it in your Bible and you brought your Bible and I wasn't at your crib, then that's your Bible and if it's in there, then you know that I'm not making this stuff up, right? All right. I knew y'all was going to get it. I knew y'all were going to catch that. See, the earlier service, you know, all right, all right, all right. But Psalm 139, if you have that and if you don't mind this morning, would you just stand and We're just going to read this real quick. Psalm 31, just one quick verse. It says, verse 1 You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. Be seated. As I shared with the congregation earlier this morning, back in 2005 on a nice warm summer's night in Louisville, Kentucky, it was my turn, if you will, to give the inspirational thought just prior to Bible study, which is the custom, or at least it was the custom as recent as six years ago at the Union Church. Our pastor at the time would have um, just one of the, you know, one of the parishers or one of the members to come up. Sometimes it was a deacon or it would be um, my wife, who's an excellent speaker, or it would just be an usher. He would have someone to come up and give an inspirational word, if you will, before Bible study would commence. And this particular time in June of 2005, The lot fell upon me. And I remember as I was standing up, didn't have a podium, but I was standing up on the little wood doohickey there. And I remember thumbing through my Bible because I knew I wanted to talk to my church, my peoples from the book of Romans. I knew that I I wanted to do that. It's one of my favorite passages of scripture, Romans 8.0. 31, if God be for us, who can be against us? I knew that I could inspire the people of God. I was certain beyond all certainty, but something interesting happened as I was thumbing through my Bible. I I know I found Romans, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Okay, yeah, I know I found Romans. I know I found the eighth chapter. But for some reason, unbeknownst to me to this day, My Bible pages were blank with the exception of one verse. And it wasn't Romans 8.31. But instead it was Romans chapter 8 verse 1. And Romans chapter 8 verse 1 simply says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. And I read that verse, and man, immediately, I just started crying. Just tears just wouldn't stop. Just crying. Crying, crying, crying. My wife is here, and she can attest to everything that I'm saying right here. I had read this verse. I had heard this verse. And as I shared with the congregation earlier, I'd even taught this verse as a Sunday school teacher to my class. But for some reason, this Tuesday night, that verse became clear to me. And it it caused me to cry, caused caused me to start crying like a little girl, if I'm being honest about it. Just boo-hoo-hooing. And it was as if I was reading that verse for the very first time, or should I say understanding it for the very first time. And I'm just curious, I'm curious this morning, has that ever happened to you guys where you, you, you saw something, you've heard it, heard it read a million times, you've read it yourself, Pastor Allen has lectured on it or expounded upon it, but then one day it just kind of hits you. Have you ever had a situation in your life where it seems like time just stopped? Just poof, stopped. Well, see, that's what happened to me when that verse was read. And I remember getting into a conversation with the Lord. And he spoke to me in my spirit and he told me, he said, you are going to preach my word. Hmm. You are going to preach my word just as plain as I'm sitting here and you can hear me and if you say something, I'm pretty sure I'll be able to hear you. This is what he said to me in my spirit. And I remember in this brief moment, I remember getting into this back and forth, this discussion, if you will, with God. It went a little something like this. Hey, uh, look look here, Lord. You, You sure about this? You know, because I think you might have the wrong number. You can do a whole lot better than me as it relates to preaching your word. Hey, man, look, why don't you go over and bother so-and-so? Because he's a little bit smarter than me. Why don't you get him to do this? Why don't you bother sister so-and-so over there? but he wouldn't leave me alone. And again, he's let me know, you are going to preach my word. And I began to try to offer up all of my faults, my, frail, my, my failures, my frailties, every reason that I could come up with. Pastor Allen, I even went, I pulled out my trump card, my ace. I had my big joker, Isaiah. Chapter 6, I tried to hit the Lord with my Isaiah defense. I knew that one would work. My woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell amongst the people with unclean lips. But God wasn't having that. So after I got all of my stuff out and I felt like I had said a little something, something to the Lord, he hit me with Psalm 139. First one. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You have searched me, and you know me. I remember as soon as I read that little verse, these nine little simple words, I closed my, 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 my Bible, and I remember sharing with my congregation, or with the congregation at my home church, I have to preach this man's gospel. I remember that just as clearly as if it's happening right now. I remember that. You see, when he hit me with Psalm 139, verse number one, every piece of doubt, every little apprehension, every little air of anything other than doing what he told me to do was crushed. My Look, my, my big joker, my ace of spade defense, gone with that one little verse you have searched me Lord and you know me he hit me with that verse so hard I shared this with the earlier uh, congregation in my mind he hit me it, it, I, I equated to to being in the ring with young Mike Tyson you know uh, somebody, somebody know what I'm talking about you taking that hit from a young, you, y'all remember Mike Tyson, right? Before all the other stuff, the biting of the ear and the other stuff, you know, back when he was boxing and, you know, you'd go and pay your $39.95 for the fight, turn the TV on, run to go pop the popcorn, come back, and the fight was over. Y'all remember that, Mike Tyson? I equated this verse to being hit by that same Mike Tyson because it floored me. It took me out. It really did. And I remember reading this verse over and over and over and replaying it in my mind. And each time I would read it, God would speak to me and remind me. And he would remind me of this. He would let me know that everything that you're going to tell me about you, I already know. There's nothing that you can tell me about you that I do not know. As a matter of fact, when, 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 I, when I think about this thing, the, the word that was used for search uh, back in Psalm 139, that Hebrew word uh, pronounced kalkar. Y'all, you know, help me there. You know, I'm sorry if I don't get my Hebrew just right. But kalkar, which simply means to penetrate or to examine intimately to penetrate or to examine intimately not just a mere search like okay uh well I'm you know I lost a coin I'm searching for my coin but a deep penetrating intimate search of me is what god did And so many times in our lives, we find out, so we're, we are really quick to say, I know this person or I know that person. We're real quick to do that. Do You know, Shake? Yeah, I know Shake. Yeah, I know him. Oh, I know Pastor Allen. I know Greg. Yeah, I know Greg. But do we really, really know that person the way God knows them or the way God even knows us? You see, God knows me. God knows the real me. Y'all missed that. God knows me. God knows the real me, brother. And just like he knows me, he knows every last one of us. Everything about every last one of us, everything we've ever said, done, thought, he knows it all. And so many times, as I said, we're quick to talk about people that we know. We know this person. We know that person. We even say that about our kids. You know, that that boy there, that's my son. I know that boy. That girl, that's my daughter. I know that girl. But have you ever had a situation? Have you ever found yourself in a situation where you know your child and your child does something that shocks your socks off? All of a sudden, you find yourself saying, I never would have thought that boy would have done that. I never would have thought that girl would do that or turn out that way. You ever had that experience? Oh, okay, maybe y'all don't have no churn. <laughs> Let's get a little bit more personal then. How about your husband? How about your husband? Your wife? Oh, I know my wife. Oh, I know my wife. I know my husband. We've been married 20-some-odd years, 30-some-odd years, 40, 50 years. God bless you. But have you ever had an experience where your love, your, 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 the love of your life does something and it just blows your socks off? I never would have I, I believed that. I never would have thought that she was capable or he was capable of such. See, we think we know, but God knows us. Everything that we are capable of, young, old, it doesn't matter. God knows us. <coughs> Nothing that we can do, nothing that we can say is going to sneak up on God. It's going to catch him off guard. It's going to surprise him. You're not going to go up against God and go, boo, and he's going to, you know, it's just not going to happen that way because he knows everything there is to know. As a matter of fact, as it relates to God and how how deeply he knows us, he says in Jeremiah 1.5, he says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. This lets me know that God has already done his search and is therefore neither surprised again, shocked, or taken unaware by anything that we do. For he sees everything. He sees it all. As a matter of fact, Job 34:21, he says his eyes are all, his eyes on the ways of mortals. He sees their every step. Think about that. His eyes are on the ways of mortals. He sees their every step. There is no sneaking up on, nor is there any slipping away from this all-seeing and this all-knowing God. It just ain't going to happen. Do you agree with that? Amen. And if you would just, you know, I just want to leave with you a few points this morning, just a few things to consider as you go on throughout your your life and your daily walk and and this, that, and the other. And just one quick thing is I want to challenge you to understand that understand and recognize that God is omniscient, meaning he already knows everything. I know I said everything. Okay, everything. Is that better? I don't want to lose anybody because I do kind of talk a little country sometime. You know, I'm, I'm not completely city yet, so we kind of parse things a little bit differently, but I don't, if at any time I'm losing you now, just say, hey, you're losing me. All right? All right. But God already knows everything. Everything you ever going to do, guess what? He knows it. Everything you're going to say, yep, knows that too. Them little thoughts, guess what? Well, y'all sharp sharp out this morning. He knows that too. God knows everything there is to know about you. I told, I was sharing with the congregation this morning, when we were growing up, we come from a single parent family. When we were growing up, You couldn't tell me that my mama didn't know everything. My mama knew everything. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Not only did she know everything, my mama had sets of eyes in the back of her head. She could see everything. My mama, that's who she was. Oh, y'all still don't believe me. Let me tell you something else about my mama. My mama had that Diane or that, let me say it like this, that Jamie Summers bionic woman hearing. Now, I know anybody who's born post-1980 or 82, I done lost you already. But for you other folks that might be my age, you're getting closer, or those of you all that then stumbled upon TV land or whatever it is, the bionic woman... One of her things was her little bionic ears. She could hear really, really good. Well, see, my mama was the same way. And as I told the congregation this morning, my mama could hear a leaf fall at 500 paces and tell you which tree it fell from. She could hear everything. But one day, I got a little bit older. Yeah, I got a little bit sneakier. I got clever. And mama couldn't hear quite like she used to be able to. Mama couldn't see all that she used to see. Mama didn't always know all that she used to know. But guess what? God wasn't like mama. God ain't like mama. God sees it all, knows it all. Misses nothing. You ain't gonna get by, you ain't gonna get away. Bottom line. He sees it all, he knows it all. Understand that God is omniscient. He knows everything. Everything. See, when we were kids, my mama she, 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 she raised us, and she, she knew her children. She knew all, She knew everything there was to know about us. She knew our characteristics. She knew everything. She knew, Pastor, that Fred was the mean one. She knew that. My younger brother, Fred, he was mean. That boy was shown sure enough mean. I could tell you some stories about my little brother, Fred, that would blow your mind. All true. Don't have to make them up. Boy was mean period. She knew Shake back then, was the skinny fast one. She knew that. She knew my sister, Mona, was the defender of the family. See, we didn't have a big brother when we was coming up. We had a Mona. Y'all missed that. We didn't have a big brother when we were growing up we had a Mona. Now let me tell you what a Mona is. A Mona is this little girl who was bringing fear to the neighborhood. The Mona was the little girl who if Brudge, that was his name, Anthony Williams, we called him Anthony, or anyone else messed with her little brothers, This Mona was known to go and give them them hands. This Mona was known to take you off your bicycle and beat you with your bicycle. (laughs) We didn't have a big brother. We had a Mona. Shake is down here with you. Ask him about the Mona. But Mama knew The characteristics of all her children. But she didn't know everything. Not everything. She didn't know she found out about it when Mona went through the storm door window. She found out about it when she ended up taking her to the hospital to get stitches in her leg. She found out about me and my brothers out there throwing mud bombs. And the mud bombs landing in Miss Stovall or Miss Baker's uh window where she had her pies cooling. She found out about those things. See. <laughs> but Mama wasn't God. We got away with some things with mama. We ain't getting away with nothing as it comes when it comes to God. The, the psalmist says, he says in verse 2 of the same uh, scripture that we read, he says, you know when I sit down and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. He says in verse 3, you discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Can I just ask for somebody real quick? Does anyone in here know what all means? Somebody said everything? what you say again? Guess what, y'all? All means all. And that's all, all means. All means all. And that's all, all means. The psalmist says here, he says, you discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Generations Church, there is nothing that you're going to be able to do. You're not going to be able to pull the wool over the eyes of God. He already knows you. He knows everything that you are going to do. I can't say that enough because some of you all think, you, you sitting there, I can tell and I can smell the smoke. You're thinking, I can hear the gears grinding. You're thinking, well, I don't think he knows this. I don't think he knows it all. He knows it all. David, know. if you notice here, David doesn't say that God thinks. He said God knows. He doesn't say God ponders. He said God knows. He doesn't say God is, you know, he he just may. He said, no, God knows. There is no surprising this almighty, this omniscient God. Just ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. Second thing, God is omnipresent. I remember when we was growing up, Shake, you'll remember this, little Johnny joke. Little Johnny. As teacher says, Miss teacher, is God everywhere? Teacher says, yeah, little Johnny, God is everywhere. Little Johnny says, teacher, Miss teacher, is God in Ray Ray's house? Miss teacher says, yeah, little Johnny, God's in Ray Ray's house. Well, Miss teacher, is God in Ray Ray's house in the kitchen? Teacher says, Lil' Johnny, God is in Ray Ray's house in the kitchen. Lil Johnny says, well, Miss Teacher, is God in Ray Ray's basement? Teacher says, yes, Lil Johnny, God's in Ray Ray's basement. Lil' Johnny says, no, he's not. Ray Ray ain't got no basement. But the reality is, God is everywhere at the same time. He's here in Granbury, Texas. He's back there in Omaha, uh Nebraska. We left Louisville, Kentucky. He's there. We came through Memphis. He's there. We even drove through this little place called Hope, Arkansas. Sprint cell phone service wasn't there. But guess what? God is there in Hope, Arkansas, of all places. Amen. <laughs> I'm sure you all remember the story, the, the song we sing around Christmas time and I'm not going to ruin it for so I see some little smaller uh, peoples in here. But y'all know the little song we sing around Christmas time Better Not Pout. Better Not Cry. It's okay if you say it with me. Better Not, what is this other one? Pout. I'm telling you why Santa Claus is coming to town. Now, see, y'all gonna act like y'all know that song now, right? Is that what this is? Oh, okay, we're gonna leave the, leave the fat guy hanging, right? Okay, I see what's going on now. Leave the fat man hanging, okay. But y'all, y'all remember. Y'all, he's making a list. Going to find out. And what's the rest of it? Santa? Guess what, y'all? Santa Claus is only coming, what, once a year? Once a year? Santa Claus is coming to town once a year. What you going to do with that? Guess what? God is in town 365 days of the year. Don't need no list. Don't need to check it twice. Already knows if you've been naughty or nice. He's already in town. Ain't never left town. And ain't getting ready to leave town. Doesn't have to leave town. Understand that God is so big that even when he moves, guess what he does? He bumps into himself. Can you do that? Think about that. Yeah, it sounds fun, but think about that. God is so big that when he moves, he bumps into himself. This omnipresent God. David, the psalmist, in the same Psalm 139, he mulls over this awesomeness, this, I mean, it's just mind-boggling when you get down to it this God that we serve. David says, he asked within himself, he says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? Think about this, church. He says, if I go up to the heavens, you are there. He says, if I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. I like what Pastor did at the end of the last service. he was he, he did he said, "You know, God's grip. He said it's not like it's not like this. you know that little light i'm says it's not that little light, kind of loose, limp fish grip, you know, but it's more like that. And the psalmist says right here, he says, your right hand will hold me fast. He says, if I say, surely the darkness will hide me. Some of us try to hide in the night. When I was growing up, I'm I'm an early, early rap music fan. Houdini had a song that they said, the freaks come out at night. Guess what? Ain't no freaks. You can't hide from God. It ain't going to happen. The psalmist says, surely the darkness will hide me. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, he says in verse 12, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. Generations Church, there is no escaping the presence of an omnipresent God. I'm going to say that one more again for you. There is no escaping the presence of an omnipresent God. I don't care where you try to go, where you try to hide, God is there. He ain't going to get away from it. And that's what his word says. Finally, I just want to encourage you, challenge you. I dare you. Double D dog, dog, dare you. Praise the Lord. For the work that he has placed in your hands. Praise the Lord for the work that he has placed in your hands. Praise him for what he has given you to do. Praise him for that. A little caveat to that, if you will it's okay to get tired from the work. Don't allow yourself to get tired of the work, there is a difference. It's okay to get tired from the work. We got to rest. We got to sleep. We got to shut it down sometimes. But don't allow yourself to get tired of the work. God has given every last one of us a job. Every last one of us that calls ourselves a Christian, every last one of us that calls ourselves a born-again believer, every last one of us that considers or calls ourselves, we call ourselves a child of God, guess what you are? You are a minister. Every last one of you, you are a minister. I don't mean a minister in the sense of, okay, God is going to make every last one of you preach, but guess what? There are needs that need to be met, and that's all a minister does. It's one that meets the need and that's every last one of us when we say hey man for God I live for God I die ooh guess what your minister there are needs to be met and that's on every last one of us but back to the back to the back to the scripture here back to the uh, sermon someone once stated that God is a sphere or a circle whose center is everywhere and circumference nowhere god is a sphere or a circle its center is everywhere and circumference nowhere Isaiah st- uh, states that in, in, in Isaiah 57 15 he said God inhabits eternity he inhabits eternity where in eternity are you going to hide from God when he's already there Lord have mercy there is absolutely no place where men can go to escape the presence of God. He inhabits yesterday, today, and should we live to see tomorrow, he's already there. He is already there. Mary Crowley, Mary Crowley or Crowley, I'm sorry, founder of Home Interiors and Gifts. She said that we should not be afraid of tomorrow because God is already there. While sinners try to escape God's presence, believers take comfort in his presence. God's omnipresence should also motivate us to live holy lives. God's omnipresence should also motivate us to live holy lives. Everything that men do, good and evil alike, is done in the presence of God. Everything that men do, good or otherwise, it's right there. It's done in the presence of God. Praise the lord for the, the for, for for the work that He has placed in your hands. Think about this. Uh, let me share this with you that day in two thousand five, that summer, that nice summer night at Bible study. I cannot you know as a matter of fact, now that I think about it, man, we was we was eating my favorite meal too. It was beans and cornbread. God came and 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 basically, well, ain't no basic to it, told me, you're gonna preach my word. I didn't want to preach. I did not want to preach. I don't want to be a preacher. Y'all looking at me like, He just got a little weird. I didn't want to be a preacher. Brother, I don't want to be a preacher. But check this out. Man, I can't wait to preach. Didn't want to do it. Man, I love doing it. I just lost a bunch of y'all with that one. I just, even the kids are looking at me like, uh-uh. Think about this young people. Man, when I was growing up, I ain't like to clean my room. What I look like telling you, man, I love to clean my room. Doesn't make sense, does it, guys? Not at all. But that's the way it is. What man in his right mind, I asked the question earlier, would volunteer to put this bullseye on their back. This bullseye. What man would do that in his right mind? I don't know that guy. And if you do, God bless you. I don't know him. But I can't wait to preach, to share the word of God with his children. Can't wait to do it. Love to do it. Praise God for the work that he has laid in your hands to do. See, for it's God, God in, in, in in the scripture says, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, for your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book, before one of them came to be. God knew you before your parts even came together, before mama and your daddy was looking in the book to name you whatever they named you. God already knew you. Before you took the nine-month nature ride to get here, and mama went through two or three days, because, you know, they always add a little bit extra to it, that hard labor, you know, they always add a little bit to it there. But before all that hard labor, God already knew. He already knew you, you know, and you were fearfully, you were wonderfully made. God knows me. He knows the real me. Not the 140 character me. Not the Facebook me. Not the LinkedIn me. He knows the real me. And he knows the real you. The real you. The real you. He knows the real every last one of us. Generations church, God knows you. And he knows the real you. You know, I can't help but sing this song. I can't help, every time I sing about sing this song, I think about my mother. And I think about us when we were growing up and didn't always have, you know, much of anything. I mean, it's just the way it was. You know, we were so poor growing up, we thought when we heard poverty, we thought that was a step up. But one thing I know is that my mom, she knew the Lord. But even more so than that, because the Bible says, many are going to cry out to me, Lord, Lord, we did this, that, and the other in your name, and he's going to say, depart from me, you work as a wickedness. I never even knew you. My mother knew the Lord, but even more so than that, he knew her. And I know that it was him that helped her with these four children, or shall I say these three boys and Amona. And I know that my mom, as hard as it may be, she never lost her faith. I'll bear with me real quick. We're just going to
1: sing a little bit of it. Though the storms keep on raging in my life And sometimes it's hard to tell the night from day Still that hope that lies within As I keep my eyes upon the distant shore, I know he'll be safe led to that blessed place he has prepared. hope that lies within it's reassured as I keep my eyes upon the distant shore I know he'll lead me safely to that blessed place he has prepared but if The storms if the storms don't cease and if the winds keep on blowing tossed by the waves and the currents that seem so fierce, but in the world
0: God. He is God all by himself. He doesn't need any help. He doesn't even need us. He wants us. He doesn't need your faith. You need your faith because it connects you to him. Amen. Lord, we thank you for the word that we've heard. We pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus that we would hold on to this word. Lord, this is so foundational, your omniscience and omnipresence soul is anchored in you. Lord, I pray you bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them and be gracious to them. Lift up your countenance upon them and give them your peace. In Jesus' name. Amen. Your anchor holds. Amen. Your anchor holds. It's in Jesus. Go get them, Tigers. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping with us today.